I'm Matt Giaro, your host here on buildyourthing.co, the podcast where we help content creators find their unique creative voice, monetize their work, and build their tribe of loyal fans. And if you'd like to make more money using emails, you'll love this episode. Even though people like to look for the latest hacks on social media to gather more engagement there, let me tell you this, email sells at least five times more than any social media platform. So if you really care about making sales and building a genuine relationship with your audience, you can't go wrong using emails. And today, Ben Settle joins me on this episode. Ben is what he calls himself an email supremacist and an awesome copywriter endorsed by the greatest copywriters and top marketers like Gary Ben Sivenga, Brian Kurtz, David Deutsch, or Bob Bly, just to mention a few of them. So Ben has been writing daily emails for way over a decade, and today he's willing to unveil some of his practices that allowed him to run a seven-figure business by simply sending emails. So I hope you're excited, and with that being said, let's get started. Okay, great. So today I'm with Ben Settle, the email marketing supremacist. So Ben, how are you doing? I'm doing good. And uh, thank you, Matt. Thank you again for, for having me on. I appreciate it. It's an honor to, to have you here. And for those who don't know you, can you quickly introduce yourself? Yeah, I mean, you know, I could go into my half hour spiel, but I'll, I'll do the short version. Basically, for many, many years, I would say for like six or seven years, maybe not many years, if, if I got dragged to a party, for example, or some social gathering, which I don't do a lot of, um, eventually someone comes up to me and says, what do you do for a living? Right? Like that's the question. And I used to say, well, I write spam, right? Just to mess with them a little bit. But I, I, then I started saying, well, I'm like a bum, but who gets paid? And they'd say, what? And I'd say, well, I get up, I write an email and then I'm done for the day. I go do fun stuff. Now that was, that was, a, that was before nowadays I'm more of a, an adult, more of a grown up, <laughs> I have a lot more going on. But that's what I am. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm an email guy. I teach email. I eat, breathe, sleep, crap email. I mean, I'm just, that's what I love doing, that and copywriting. So, you know, use the term email supremacist, something I came up with a few years ago just to mess with people a little bit. But it's true. I think it's a supreme medium. And uh, I advocate it highly for everybody. And you just have to know a few little things and it can work for you. And you don't have to worry about all these things people are going around worrying about. It's actually very friendly marketing, friendly media, and you do it right. People want to hear from you. So, you know, we can talk about that if you want, but that's, that's the, the short version. <laughs> awesome. So Ben, I know that like I've learned from you that, you know, Ken McCarthy is the founding father of internet marketing. And am I wrong if I say that you may be the founding father of e daily email marketing? Because even though I know that you give Matt Fury a lot of credit for that, but can we say that you're the founding father of daily email marketing you know i don't know if i'm the founding father of anything man i'm more of like i'm probably like you know the, i i came in later <laughs> you know? I, I, I mean really i there were there were a few people doing daily emails back when it was considered almost heresy and those guys really deserve the credit as far like i learned from them so i would love to you know i would love to yes that's no it, it wouldn't be true though um, I just learned from other people over the like the last 20 years. I've just been a constant student of the game, not just this, but offline marketing, online marketing, 
all the principles come together and I'll be applied to email. And if anything, I've just taken maybe, maybe a lot of information that's out there and kind of just arrange things in a way that's easy for, for me and people I teach to, to follow it. I mean, I don't know if it's a founding father or anything. It's just, <laughs> it's more just like I've just simplified things. I, I hope. Yeah, this, this this is to be honest, like a big lesson even like for me. Um, you know, I, I took your your ten minute workday program uh, two or three years ago, and you know, like this this the fact of actually boiling things down to to the to the simplest things poss possible actually made a lot of sense. And to be honest, like it actually changed a lot of things and um, how I approach business. So um, yeah, just I just wanted to take this opportunity and just thank you for that. So. <laughs> Well, yeah, and you know, and that's the thing. I mean, to me, the first step, I don't care what someone's doing or learning. It doesn't have to be business, really. It can be anything. Like, let's say weightlifting, for example. You know, I, people will complicate the hell out of, out of fitness and weightlifting and all that, right? But let's boil it down. Lift heavy things and eat whole foods, right? You know, it's like, you know, there's the rest is just details, right? The rest is methods. and But get the basic stuff down with emails build a list and mail it. <laughs> If you just keep it simple, it, it really does, it does not have to be a complicated thing. Yeah. But like on the flip side, if you don't make things complicated, well, how can you can make money out of it? Well, that's, you know, that's a thing. People, people see that's, that's one of the paradoxes out there because I have found just the opposite that the more you simplify things, the more people want to buy it. But when people complicate things, and this is just my observation, maybe anyone listening to this, they may have a different observation. It's usually born out of insecurity and neediness, and they, they want to make sure people think they're smart and all that. But the reality is, uh, I think a, a true sign of actually doing something that people want to buy and consume is to break it down. I mean, look at Apple computers when Steve Jobs is around. Not anymore, but when Steve Jobs is doing things, This guy had an IQ of like 160. He's a very intelligent guy. But he was obsessed. And I mean, I mean, anyone can read his biography and, and see this from themselves. He was obsessed with simplifying everything and to the point where he'd look at a screw in the iPhone and with an engineer for four weeks straight every day for hours saying, how can we simplify this, this device more by just removing this one? How can we remove another screw from this to make it even more simple, right? And I, I think there, when people, when you go at anything, and if you're a content creator, this is very important. Uh, you want to keep things simple. Doesn't mean you can't teach complex things, but give it to people in a simple way so they don't have to waste a bunch of time and energy. This makes a lot of sense. So uh, for everyone, is like overthinking their processes, overthinking their offers, overthinking any, anything. I think that, well, trying to make things simple is maybe the... I guess there was like a quote, which is like the the ultimate, what was the quote? I forgot it. But it's like um, the ultimate state of, ah, I can't, I can't remember the, the quote, but like That's it's right, really I, like. I know there's one that supposedly Einstein said, and I don't know if this is true or not, if he said it, but you know, make things as simple as possible and go simpler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, true. That pretty much sums it up pretty well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, let me let me go back a little bit. So, how do you got actually into email marketing? Well, I mean, I, I got into this game about 20 years ago, literally exactly 20 years ago as of two months ago. 
And I started out just wanting to do freelance copywriting and that sort of thing. Email was not like I knew I would need email and I had to get an autoresponder and all that, but it wasn't like something I was really conscious of. I need to get good at this or anything because I bought into all the lies. People saying, well, you know, it's not that important. Don't mail more than once a month or once a week and all this. And, you know, all you're going to get is spam complaints and all this. And it wasn't until a couple of years after that when I ran into uh, the teachings and just really observing what he was doing, this guy, Matt Fury, who I, I consider the king of email to this day. And he is mailing every freaking day. And his emails are great. You'd like sit there, I'd sit there and read these things like it's, you know, it was fun. And I'm buying his stuff and he's bragging about how I'm just writing an email today and I'm done. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm not even going to edit this email. I'm just going to push send. And, you know, I'm out in China riding elephants today. So, you know, good, you know, have a good day while you're at it. Why don't you check out my book about X, Y, Z. And that was like his thing. And I thought, man, I want to be my own client and just do that. I don't want to be writing for all these other people. So it took me a few years, but I started kind of figuring out the email game and uh, putting my own twists and turns on it and really deep diving into it over the last, you know, ever since. And it's almost like a rabbit hole I've never emerged from, <laughs> really. I mean, it's I, to this day, I can just talk about one little aspect of email and go deep on it. It's deep, and I have to just because I write a newsletter about this every month. And it's fine. I, I, to me, I can't get enough of it. And I really do think, though, you know, a lot of people worry about the writing side of email. But what's far more important is the strategic side anyway. And you can be the worst writer in the world and still make a lot of money with email if you understand strategy. And so, you know, that's if, if you know, if, I'm not going to say founding father, but if I have anything to add to the email marketing pantheon, all that, I think it would be really applying the strategic side versus the tactical and writing side. Makes a lot of sense. So you just tackled this, um, let's say this, this mental barrier of, well, being afraid of mailing mailing daily, right? So uh, I know that a lot of people are afraid of getting, as you said, the spam complaints yeah. of maybe annoying people. So I think like mailing daily is more uh, like it's more kind of a having the right mindset of mailing daily rather than anything else. So what would you say about that? Well, I mean, people got to get over this cowardly fear of, of talking to their audience every day. And it is, I mean, I'm not, I'm not picking on anyone specific, but it's a cowardly thing. It's like, what are you afraid of? What, I mean, really, what are you afraid of making more sales? Like, I don't really understand. Like it's, if you know what you're doing and it doesn't take much, right? It, it, it's like, they're afraid of something that they don't even know if it exists or not. Why doesn't someone just do it for a week and see what happens? What's the worst that could happen? You know, write an email every, every day for a week, talk about something interesting to your list that's also relevant to whatever they're on your list for and just lead them to a link at the end. And if you really are scared, just do it as like a soft pitch in the PS. Although I think that just is like, you know, going to get you ignored for most part these days, but whatever. And just watch what happens. Yeah. You might get some opt outs. Good. Those are the people who are never going to buy from you anyway. People are like, well, you'll get spam complaints. At first you might, if they're not used to hearing from you and they genuinely forgot who the hell you are because you never mail them. But I can tell you this, When you mail daily, uh, this has been my case. It's been the case of a lot of people I've talked to. I've never seen this not be the case. When you mail daily, you don't really get that many spam complaints because people genuinely know who you are. They know you're not spam. They, they'll just opt out. And that's good. You, you should want people to opt out. You want to always be building your list and sending it offers. But it was like, like I said at the beginning, build list and mail it. 
That's the simplest business model anyone can ever follow. And yet they, it's like, what what was the term I heard? Mankind (laughs) are rationalizing people. We rationalize. We're not rational. This guy Vox Day said it. And that's very true. People rationalize not doing something that's in their best interest for whatever reason. And don't. What, what, if you're, if you're on somebody's email list, and I'm talking to anybody listening to this who doubts me on this, if you're on someone's email list and you're like, I like hearing from this person every day. Well, there's a reason for that because they're probably talking to you about something relevant to you and, and with their own personality and you probably buy stuff from them and you don't feel like it's an imposition and maybe you don't read every email, but you're not opting out and you're not pushing spam. That's because they're talking to you. They're, they're, they have positioned themselves as a, not just a mere expert, which anybody could be an expert these days, but a leader. Okay. Put it this way. You know, I, one of the reasons I like Matt Fury's stuff so much, I remember him saying this many years ago. It's like, you're trying to position yourself as some kind of like expert in your niche and you don't have something to say every day. Are you really the expert you claim to be? And the answer is no. And I'll tell you what, if you're not mailing your list, there's people on your list who are on other people's list. And if one of those people are mailing those, that person every day, they're going to get the sales. I mean, those those people on your list are going to buy. I don't care what niche you're in. They're going to buy eventually. Well, are they going to buy from you? Who you because you know, you're you know, playing patty cake with email, only mailing them once a week or tw- once every two weeks or once a month or whatever. Or are you going to go at them every day with something interesting and relevant and something they want to read and give them just give them the option that, hey, there is something for sale, but it's okay if you don't buy because you'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> it gets good. And this is the kind of mindset I think people need to start having, especially if you're a content creator, because if you're, this is not, this is no longer fringe, this idea of mailing every day. This has become mainstream. It wasn't 10 years ago. Believe me, I can tell you it wasn't 10 years. It certainly wasn't 20 years ago. Now it's becoming more and more common. And it's not the person who's mailing once a month who's going to get noticed. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And um, you've pointed out like several times right now that you need to have something interesting to say. Can you dig a little bit deeper into that, please? Yeah, and, and this is another thing people overcomplicate. You have to, what it comes down to is they don't know their market very well. If somebody's struggling with that, now I don't know how to be interesting. But one, and I mean, unless you're you have the personality of like a toad, you probably do have something to say. Okay, like you talk to your friends every day and your family every day. You're probably out there in social media chit-chatting every day. So you're obviously able to communicate. But what people kind of fail at is learning their market. They don't get deep into their markets and their, the market's problems and their pains and their insecurities and the things that they think about. You know, I just read, and there's some things that are universal to all markets. Like, for example, I just saw this yesterday on a headline. I think it was on Drudge or something, where I think it's three out of four. It's a lot of people. I don't remember the exact number. Two out of three people, something like that. Uh, three out of five, it was, it, was very, it was a lot of people wake up every morning worrying about their finances, right? So that's a, like, that's, you can never bore someone probably, especially now, right? With all this inflation stuff. It doesn't mean you scare them. It doesn't, you may not even be in a market that normally has anything to do with that. But that's where come knowing your market comes in, right? Like the more you know your market, the better you can talk to them. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example that, that, that I like to use because I think it kind of nails everything in. So a few years back, my dad, um, he had like 50, I don't know, was a lot, I, ca- I counted like 50 or 60 molehills <laughs> in his yard. Like there's these freaking moles, man. They're like tearing up his yard. 
This guy tried everything to get rid of these mold. I mean, for weeks and months, I mean, you couldn't get him to, like, it was a very big frustration. I can tell you right now, um, if you had sent him an email about mold, you would have his 100% attention, all right? Um, there's, there's this old adage, don't tell me about your weed killer, tell me about, you know, my crabgrass. That's what you want to talk about, the problems. You want to talk about things they find interesting and relevant to their lives. And it depends what market you're in, right? Some markets are going to be easier for this than others. Like when I was in the weight loss niche, it was very easy, right? It's a very, it's a very simple, like, you know, you can just talk about different weight loss horror stories every day if you want. Um, some markets, like if you're in business improvement, like I mostly am in now, it's a little more nuanced, right? I have to be a little bit more personality focused. But either way, you want to be in their world. Now, there's this guy, there's somebody I, rec I highly recommend everybody listening to uh, read his book. Okay, there's actually a lot of stuff out there by this guy. But his book, which is just called No, N-O, that's the name of the title, by Jim Camp. Um, it's on Amazon. For a while, it wasn't actually. It's very hard to find. Now it's on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle. You can get it on Audible. Uh, whatever it is, read that book because I'm telling you, this guy understood. He was the world's most feared negotiator. He died back in 2014. But this guy would tell you, you, you cannot lose the negotiation. Now, he's not negotiation, but this is all the same. When you send an email to negotiation, you, as long as you're in their world, you can't lose. You're safe. You are absolutely safe if you're in their world. Like if I sent an email to my dad about moles, I was safe. I'd be safe in his world because I'm in his world. I'm not trying to move him out of that world right now. And so it is with whatever you're selling. You just stay in their world. Well, how do you stay in their world? Well, you got to know your market. And I'll tell you one of the best ways to get to know your market is to mail them every day. Matt, I will tell you right now, of all, I don't know how many books and products I've launched in the last few years alone, but it's been a lot. And I can tell you right now, everything, and, and even going back before that, like years before that, everything from my email players newsletter, which nobody thought would ever, you know, nobody I talked to, and this was 10 years ago, everybody thought, oh, no one's going to buy that. It's a print newsletter, blah, blah, blah. Of course, now you have like multiple people out there selling print newsletters on this subject because they were waiting for someone like me to do it first. But I can tell you, nobody asked for it. I just knew my market. Nobody asked me to write a series of books about um, the, the persuasion and influence secrets of villains in mythology and in fiction and all that. Well, I have three books, very best-selling books on that topic. Nobody asked for that, but I knew that they would want it because I mail them every day. Nobody ever asked me to write a book about branding of all things. Like in, in the direct marketing where branding is almost like laughed at. It's becoming a little bit more accepted, but that was one of my best-selling books. Right? Nobody asked for that. Nobody, nobody asked for me to write a book about how to monetize trolls. Not a single person ever asked me for that outright. But I knew my list wanted these things, and not every list would, but my list did, uh, because of the feedback I get from them when I mail them every day. They don't necessarily say, "Hey, will you create a product about what?" But they may send me a link or email me back with a question or a problem or mention someone's name or what, something that's going on or ask for advice on something. And I can tell you, they're telling me exactly what to sell them. And your list will do the same for you, but not if you're not mailing them. So mail them daily if for no other reason so you know what to talk about. This is very interesting. And, and Ben, like I noticed that um, you're still monitoring your emails personally, right? Is, is this like to still be in touch with your market even after all these years or? Well, I mean, I, it's okay. So there are some people, and there's not very many of these people, right? who have lists of like 2 million people, they're not going to 
probably field every email. Maybe they would. I don't know. I understand why they wouldn't. They may outsource that. But most people do not have these ginormous lists. Okay. I certainly don't. Um, but it's, I don't necessarily, I also put barriers up to, to contact me. And so this isn't really an email thing as much as it is just a marketing thing I do, where I only really answer questions from my paid email player subscribers. My whole list can ask me questions all they want. And sometimes I'll reprint them and answer them publicly, but I don't make any promise that I'm going to like answer everyone's email. Now, at the same time, there are some companies out there in some niches that are astoundingly good at this. So I'll give you an example. Um, well, I'll give you two examples. There's a, and I'm not, I get no commissions or kickbacks if you buy it from these people, right? And some people even say these guys are frauds and stuff. Okay, I'm just telling you what my experience is. There's, there's this one guy, uh, he, his name is, uh, I think it's Mac. <laughs> his name is Mac. <laughs> and he, he runs this uh, business called Egg Whites International. Okay, which has been around for a long time. I'm telling you, this dude, will, if, if something goes wrong with your order, this guy, can't, he calls you. you know? like, and he'll talk your ear off for like a 45 minutes. I'm not even exaggerating. This guy loves his market. This guy loves what he's selling. You could, I mean, I, luckily, I didn't have to talk to him. I had Stefania talk to him. That's my wife. And she had to talk to him. But she's like, God, this guy is like really, you know, he's really passionate. About, I mean, that's hard. Like that guy, I'm telling you, Guarantee you that guy has a passionate customer base. He'll never leave him or forsake him. There's another guy called the Liver King at ancestralsupplements.com. I've been using a lot of his stuff lately. It's very interesting. And you know, he's got his haters, but he's also got like legions of fans. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why he has legions of fans. All you got to do is go to his Am the two Amazon and look up his supplements, any one of them. Look at the reviews. There are hundreds per product. And he's got a huge product line of reviews that are not just like, oh, this is great. No, these are like four page essay reviews. And almost all of them will all say, you know, I, I emailed Brian, that's the guy's name personally. Man, God, he got back to me. I don't know how many customers this guy has, but I guarantee you they love him because he's emailing them back every day. And he doesn't promise that he's going to get back to you right away or anything. It might take a couple of days. And, you know, I, I have found that some of his replies are, you know, some of them are just cut and paste probably because he's gotten so many, he's got to save time. I get it. But he's cutting and pasting stuff that's relevant, like it's to your question. See, there are people who can pull that off. I'm personally not going to do that, but but you can put barriers up. If that kind of thing scares you, if hearing from dozens or hundreds of people a day, put barriers up. Like only certain paid customers get that access to you. It's actually a good reason for them to buy. And so there are ways around that. But, um, you know, I, there are people who have, like, look at Agora Financial. I'm sure that the copy chief there isn't like personally answering emails, right? Um, yeah, it is what it is. So, and you talked about, for example, that of the 10 minute workday program, what the AWAI sells. I guarantee you when somebody emails into AWAI about whatever product they have, it's not going to, you know, Katie Eagle there or, you know, Mike Masterson, or, you know, the people who run the place. Paul Hollingshead is like a co-founder. They're not personally emailing anybody. So it depends on the company you have too, right? But if you're small enough and it's part of your uh, game, which I think it should be to some extent for everyone, absolutely, you should be you know, in touch. If nothing else, read the emails. If not, well, you should read your emails no matter what because you never know what kind of stuff is in there. You may, someone may be trying to save your life for all you know. You just never know. But you don't always have to answer every single one of them. I'm, I'm not suggesting that. Yeah, that, that, makes, uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. Great. Uh, ben, so tell us a little bit more about... Um, your quote-unquote 
creative routine because you're pouring out a lot of first a lot of emails a lot of content in general because you also have your um your paid uh, newsletter email players and well you have been talking about emails for more than a decade so how are you able to still pour out content about about like email marketing so well because it's it's really never about the email the email it's not really it's not like they're they may seem like they're about email but they're just about life and business and problems and things going on and changes and interesting stories and all that that are relevant to people the email i could be selling anything really i mean most of these the stuff i send i could tweak for selling some social media if i wanted for example it's not at the end of the day it's it's not it the frame i build a framework out there of just problems and insecurities and you know, stories and interesting thoughts and checklists of interesting facts that they would want to know. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to tell, you know, store, uh, write emails. But at the end of the day, email just happens to be what I'm selling. So I just, you know, that's what I kind of write it around. But they're not really about that. You know, it's it's a funny, it's a funny thing how that works. But some of my, I can't speak for anyone else, but some of my best performing emails barely even talk about email or the product I'm selling. So I'll, I'll give you I'll give you um, I'll give you an example. Think of, if you ever see the movie The Birds by Alfred Hitchcock. This is a very good template for actually in some ways for for an email. You go it's a two hour and some minute movie about birds attacking and killing people in this little coastal California town. But it takes about twenty six or twenty seven minutes before you see a single bird really do anything violent. You're too caught up in the soap opera between the, the guy and the woman in it. Like, it's not really about killer birds. It's actually about a lot of other stuff. You know, it's about a, this man and this woman, and it's about her a, a childhood aban- abandonment issues. And it's about the guy in this town and the love triangle that's been created in this. It's about all these other things. It's not really about the birds, but it's called the birds. It could have been any type of, it could have been any type of threat. It didn't even have to be a horror movie and people would have kept watching it because they just got so enthralled by what was interesting. So I know this is very, very subjective. And what I just, I just reached a subject there that's probably going to cause more questions than give answers. But understand at the end of the day, it's not about the thing. It's not about the media you're using so much as the message. You know, media is important and email is just the media. Messages is, you want that first. But the message doesn't always have to be this you know, intense, here's a list of benefits and all this stuff and big sales pitch. No, just talk to your list. Like, like, just give them something interesting to chew on and think about. Be the one person in their mailbox that gives them something to think about. And that's a whole other thing. People say, no, don't make them think. And these are people who sell to the absolute bottom of the barrel parts of their list. I don't want them. I want the people who actually are going to be long-term customers, not just one-time buyers. And I'll tell you what, we mentioned Ken McCarthy earlier. He has this book called The System Club Letters. I highly recommend it. $20 book, very, very accessible. And I remember he has this whole this chapter in there where he talks about the difference between a buyer and a customer. Now, this is his definition. It's not really a dictionary definition, but I like Ken's definition better. He says a buyer is someone who buys. They buy once, they may buy again. You, you know, they may buy three times. A customer is someone who buys but then makes a custom of buying from you over and over and over. You don't tend to get those types of customers with superficial nonsense. You got to come at them. You got to be a person, a flesh and blood personality. 
that they know, like, and trust, that they look forward to hearing from every day. So you're like a trusted advisor. So I'll give you another example of this. There, there's this uh, old school advertising guy, Leo Burnett. He died in 1971, never sent an email in his entire life. Okay. But yeah, he, he founded the Leo Burnett company, which today I think is a billion dollar advertising agency worldwide or something. He was the founder. You know, his name is on the thing. His biggest, like his, his, I don't want to say his biggest, but certainly one of his biggest contributions and one of his most profitable teachings. Most people will look over because it's not sexy enough. He called it the power of friendly familiarity. And his, his, his analogy was, Imagine that you go and wait for the train every day on your way to work. And you, every day you can, you're, you're, you're in whatever business you're in. Let's say you're in advertising just for sake of simplicity. And every day you talk to this guy who's an insurance salesman. You guys just, you know, you happen to always be waiting there at the same time. And you get to know each other. You're familiar. You may not be in the market for insurance. You may not even care about insurance. And he's not sitting there pushing it on you all the time. But you damn well know he's an insurance agent. And who are you going to buy insurance from when the time is right, right? Who are you going to refer your family to? You don't have to look at a single shred, a piece of paper. You don't have to do a shred of research on who's got the best rates and all that. None of that stuff. It's just friendly familiarity. And daily email lets you do that. And you put a link in every email that just leads them to something that leads to a sale. I like to, you know, I'm pretty aggressive, but it just as long as it leads to a sale, just start with that. And you'll find out that people are going to buy over time. And they're going to buy from you again because you gave them a good experience the first time. There are so many people who have bought, and I'm, I'm not the only one who's experienced this, who have customers who buy over and over and over without reading the damn sales letters anymore because they just know they want what you have because you gave them a good experience. You know, there's this uh, this guy, Joe Girard. He, he died several years ago. He's the greatest car salesman at the time. World's always won the Guinness Book of World Records for the highest number of sales. This guy would sell like eight or 900 cars a year. While the average, like the next, the second best guy maybe sold like 80 or 90 cars a year, right? And I'm telling you, you can't read any of his books without understanding this guy understood this principle of friendly familiarity. Now, he didn't use email to my knowledge, but he did use the principle of friendly familiarity and also the just being in touch with his buyers. Like he knew his buyers better than anyone. And this is the kind of stuff, it's not even really email. But these are the kind of strategic strategies and principles you can apply to email and see huge, huge responses over time. Even if your writing skills aren't that great, you know, with even if your copywriting skills aren't that great. Yes, you always want to be strengthening those things. But at the end of the day, it's the message in the market are far more important than, you know, did I get this headline or subject line perfect? Yeah, that's right. It makes a lot of sense. And like the problem is that a lot of people just get it wrong. Like they, 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 they are looking for the little hacks to make their headlines better, to just amp up their, their copywriting skills, but they don't really know the market. They don't know who they are talking to. And like they are getting the 80-20 like uh, completely opposite, right? Well, I'll tell you what. I'll get, yeah, exactly. I'll give you an example of this. It's kind of fresh in my mind for multiple reasons. So a while back, I was doing, okay, so I got this, this was actually a long time ago. This is probably like six or seven years ago, but I remember it because I always use this as an example. I got this email from this guy on my list one day. Actually, he posted it in a Facebook group that I used to have. Not even on Facebook anymore. This is back in my Facebook days. And I remember him saying, so I have this, I need to write an email sequence of like five emails. Should I do this? Should I start with first email, introduce me? 
but don't, you know, put a link to anything. Second email, agitate the problem. Third email, you know, give, tell my story. Fourth email, do, you know, tell this anecdotal thing. I mean, it was really complicated. And I said, you are so overcomplicating this. I said, and I was, cause I was writing a, a sequence that, that same day, actually, that's what was interesting. I asked that question. I say, right now I'm writing a sequence, an email sequence uh, for this, you know, product about how to cr- do online courses. I was selling as an affiliate at the time. And I said, I didn't sit down and say, well, what do I say in email one? I agitate uh, in email one. I talk, email two, I talk about Aunt Martha and the Grove and the epiphany she had and all this. I said, none of that crap. I'm looking at my list and saying, okay, what kind of problems do they have? Who's on my list? What kind of business owners are on my list? Right. And I found out, well, I know there's a lot of internet marketers on my list. Obviously there's a lot of freelance copywriters on my list. There's a lot of e-commerce people on my list. There's even a lot of like MLM people on my list. So I just, I'm looking at them and looking at their unique problems. And I wrote an email for each one of these people to address something about them and put them all in the sequence. And I, I looked at the product and I looked at the, the market. And I looked at the current events that were going on in the world and with the industry. And that's what I was writing emails about. It really had nothing to do with this tactical, you know, I got to agitate. I got to tell an epiphany. And I don't know who's teaching this stuff, but it's not, they're not selling. They're just t- teaching how to pitch. Now, real selling is getting into your, your markets, your reader, your, your customer's head and understanding like, what, how do I get in their world? What do I say? What do they want? Maybe they don't even want this product. Well, maybe I shouldn't even be selling it, right? Like you may come to that conclusion. Well, what do they want? What would they buy? What kind of stuff are they buying right now? You know, th- these are good questions to want to get the answers to. You're not going to get them like right away, but you'll get them over time. And you just start tailoring things around them. And I'm telling you, it, it takes the complexion out of everything, but it also gives people what they want. At the end of the day, what do they want? You know, do they want, I don't know, people, people sit there and they try to outsmart their customers. And it's like, why? Why are you trying to outsmart? Are you trying to trick them or something? Just show them what you got and make it relevant to them and let them choose. If, if, you, if you create the right environment for buying, like, for example, I was an affiliate and I had the right bonus that they buy from me, there's a lot of stuff that I don't even have to do. At the same time, if I'm launching a new product, I might have to write more emails and do more sales job. But either way, it's always about them. Always. It's always about them. How skeptical are they? You know, a lot of people underestimate how skeptical their, their market is. They really do. And I think if you go in assuming that they're all just shaking their head thinking you're full of crap, it'll change the way you look at emails and how you write them. Because you'd be like, well, I can't play games here. I have to, I have to be forthright, honest, and raw honesty which is something I totally believe in doing to the point of obnoxiousness. Not everyone does, but that's, that's how I look at it. I look at them first. What do they want? How can I help them get it? You know, and is this even what they should get? It could be that I'm going about to sell them something that won't even be good for them. And I've made that mistake a few times and, you know, I try to avoid it. And that's something else to think about. I mean, this, this makes so much sense. And, and to be honest, like, being with a lot of content creators and like seeing like being in this space for quite some years and actually seeing the mistakes people are making well i see this all the time and like the lesson you ju- you just taught is like ma- makes so much sense so many people they just want to start their business so well uh, i want to like you know i want to be my my own boss i want to sell this i want to sell that i mean they all it's all about them right but at the end like how how many 
people actually take a step back and 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 just show a little bit of empathy and just just look at their market and ask the right question, right? Like what do what do they really want to buy? Like it's not about your course, it's not about your great idea. It's what is actually resonating with them and then just like put all your efforts into that rather than just like coming up with great ideas and then just throwing them uh, on your on your uh, on, on your list, right? Well, yeah, and I'll tell you a big mistake people make is they they're so, they're, they 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 are they have a solution that's looking for a problem, right? So they've they've created this thing without even knowing if anyone wants it. <laughs> it could be, we're talking about content here. They'll write a book not not really knowing if anyone's going to care or want it. That's not the way to do it. What you want to do is have a problem looking for a look for a, find a problem that's looking for a solution then create or find that solution and sell it. it's so much easier that way i'm not saying you can't do it the other way i've pulled it off a few times somehow but i mean at the end of the day i'm not out there trying to you know i'm not out there trying to educate you know that's a very long and uh, expensive way of selling you want to go with existing demand you know there's this book called breakthrough advertising by this guy gene schwartz very brilliant copywriter in his day. And that book gives the whole secret of way of how this works, right? In the preface or the introduction when he's talking about, it's like a market is like nuclear power. Like you're just, it's already there. You just have to release it, but don't sit there and try to like create it. Right. It just, you have to go with demand that's already there and it's so much easier. And he would talk about, it's not about even having the best product. It's not about having the best mousetrap. He says, it's about learning how to, build huge, more huge, terrifying mice. <laughs> that's really, like, like, that's really how you sell it. You, you can sell any mousetrap if you have a giant, you know, mutant mouse in your house. <laughs> it's not going to take much to sell you at that point. Right. But you know, that's, that's, you know, a lot of this comes from experience, but a lot of this can, you can save a lot of time by just understanding these things right away. Yeah. It's like mastering the basics, right? It really is. And the basics are everything. You know, there's this uh, there's this guy in prison. <laughs> I think he's still in prison, federal prison. His name is Kevin Trudeau. He was the infomercial king. He was very big in infomercials in the 90s. And some of his infomercials were outstandingly good before he kind of like went dark side and started screwing people over apparently and all that. But he actually did some really good work, like some very legitimate products. I bought some of them. And like his mega memory course, I like got me straight A's my last year of college. I was like, whoa, you know, so I'm, you know, I'm not saying he's like all bad, but you know, there's a reason he got sent to prison. But anyway, this guy was really good motivational speaker. And I remember him talking about this once. Um, he was, he talked about this guy that taught him martial arts. He was like 14 and he went to go see it. The guy's name was master Ty, I think. And he goes to master Ty and he says, you know, I want to learn something advanced. And Master Ty like looked at him like he was crazy. Like, what do you mean advanced? Like, yeah, I want to learn advanced stuff. Don't be teaching me this basics. So I want advanced fighting. And so <laughs> Master Ty's like, advanced? So he goes, yes, advanced. So Master Ty takes him to this lit candle. And he, he punches, he throws a punch so fast next to the candle that the wind and the air from his punch blows the candle out. <laughs> and he goes, you mean like that? And Kevin's like, yeah, advance like that. And Master Ty says, well, first you have to learn how to punch. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot in that. There's a lot of wisdom in that story. And that's, I think, the way people should approach these things. <laughs> let's, go, let's go back to email. 
<laughs> so the thing is that, um, like, as I told you, like you were pouring out a lot of content and really like you didn't, re- you didn't answer my question. Like, I want to know what's you, what's the secret behind, behind the, uh, Ben sells creativity. Like, how do you come up with the, with the ideas? How do you transform them into emails? I know that, um, you have been big on like having those mega walks, like 10 mile walks, Are you still into that. And yeah, like if you have like some, just show us how, how, how you come up with the, with those ideas. Well, uh, first I'm going to disappoint you and everybody by saying the secret is there's no secrets. Right. And this is funny is that's actually a, an, a, a, a line I heard from this guy. I know not too, about three hours from where I live and he's, he's a winemaker. And I think he, I think he easily makes the best wine in the state that I live in easily, just like hands down the best. And I'm not just saying that because I know him and all that, but he really does. And he travels all over Europe and he'll go to Germany and England, you know, all these places to always learn from the old masters at winemaking. He said, you couldn't get this guy to not keep improving at it. And what he'll always tell you is the secret to great winemaking is there's no secret. You know, there's no secrets. Like you, you either have really good soil, okay, because with shitty soil, you're not going to make good wine for one thing. And there's places that make great wine, even with, you know, even though they suck at winemaking, but they have great soil, right? You could liken the soil to a market. You have a great market who really wants something, man. Your content could be half-assed and you're still going to make sales. Now, as far as the ideas go, these aren't secrets. They're just, it's just life. You got to pay attention. You got to pay attention to what's going on in the world, what's going on in in your day-to-day. Yeah, I take long walks. I used to take like four or five, 10-mile walks a week. But I've kind of switched things up to get into more uh, weightlifting now. And so I've kind of cut it down to two to three days a week. But yeah, those, te- but they are. 10 mile walks are invaluable for me for getting ideas, but they're not the only way. I mean, I get ideas all the time, all the time. I'll give you an example. Uh, that was like a year or two ago. There's this, um, there's this outdoor store in my town. I live in a very small town and there's this outdoor store there. And Stefania, she has like a mail order type business and she always uses UPS and they have the UPS drop off there. So I went in there with her one day because she had a whole bunch of boxes to bring in. And I carried a bunch of them. And while the guy is doing the thing behind the counter, I was looking at the uh, the book rack. You know, there's all these little books, book racks with all interesting little, you know, local enthusiast type stuff. And this book rack had like three or four books about Bigfoot on it. Now, I love Bigfoot stuff. Like, I, I love living in Bigfoot country. I find it very fun and fascinating and interesting to think. I even worked Bigfoot in one of my novels, quite frankly. I mean, I, I think it's cool. And so I'm looking at this thing I'm like, huh, maybe I should get this. And the guy, the guy at the counter says, uh, that's bullshit. Nobody, that's not real. And so I put the book back and I didn't buy it. Idiot, like, you know, he talked himself. I mean, it would have been the easiest sale in the world. Right. And all he had to say was, you know, I don't believe in that stuff, but people buy that book and they really like it. There's some good stuff from there. Apparently, if he didn't want to lie to me, I would have bought that book. And you can bet your ass. I went and wrote an email about that the next day. About how I don't I don't deal with nobody likes a skeptic. <laughs> that was the that was the thing. This guy's like a skeptic. I'm like nobody likes a skeptic, dude. You know, it's like even if it is bullshit, so what? Don't 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 like tell someone's about to buy the book. It's bullshit. That that's the worst way. And so that became that was just life. Many many years ago, and this is one that's one of my more popular ones. Uh, I tend to use it a lot when I teach and stuff because I think it gets it shows an example. Of this my dog is very very old. Okay, like she's probably like 17 or 18. Like she's she's getting down to the last, you know, probably her last year. But when I got her, she was very young. This is like 2007. 
And I remember I used to walk, I live in a very rainy area where it rains a lot. And I would walk her forever trying to get her to like go number two, right? Like, you know, I don't know if she was doing it on purpose just to stay outside longer or whatever. And it, it dawned on me one day to only take her when I know she really has to go. Like, I better see a periscope or something going on. Then I take her. And sure enough, I take her out there in the rain and she goes right away and all that. And I called it phantom poop when she's like pretending to poop, but she won't. I call them phantom poop. She'd like get in the position and then not do anything and then sniff around. She would do that until I figured out to wait until she really has to go. So, of course, I turned that into an email. I'm like, this is exactly how buyers are. That's why they act like they're going to buy from you and they don't. They're just not ready yet. It's your job as a marketer to get them. Don't even deal with them unless they're 80% sold. Unless you see them peris periscope whatever themselves. Don't even sell them. Just keep, you know, keep working them with daily emails or however you're selling. And it was an email. That's just real life, right? And I've got, I've written probably thousands of these over the years. I mean, I don't know how many exactly it is, but I know when I migrated my emails from my last email provider to Berserker Mail, now that I own my own platform, it was some 6,000 emails I had written. And that's just for that list. That doesn't even count all the client emails I've written and joint ventures I've written. I've partnered in other companies and all that. I mean, it's probably 10, 15,000 emails total. And I can tell you many, many of them just come from real life like that. When I was in the weight loss niche, put it this way, I this was selling to fem overweight females. And I remember just, I heard um, a doctor say about somebody I know, you're a cardiac event waiting to happen to this person I know because she's overweight and all that. And I'm like, that became an email, a cardiac event waiting to happen. I saw a news story where, Doctors are stopping, even some doctors are just refusing to even see patients who weighed too much, like they were too obese. And that became an email. Like that's handed to you, right? Real life will give you all the ideas you want. You don't need to be creative. You just have to be alert. You got to have, you got to have a, an antenna up and just be looking for these things. And when an idea comes to you, write it down. I don't care what you're, unless you're driving. Okay. Don't, don't put yourself in jeopardy or anything, but Write it down. Like when I'm walking or something and I get an idea, I stop, jot it down, and email it to myself for later, right? Like don't ever – ideas are very fleeting, and you'll miss some of the best stuff by thinking you'll remember things. Don't don't rely on that. Now, again, if you're doing something like driving, obviously don't do it that way. But I'm saying in general, you don't want to lose good ideas. And they'll just start coming to you. Emails beget emails. The more you write, the more ideas you're going to get. I will never run out of ideas. I'm telling you. I've got like – 3,000 or something in a folder on my on my desktop that I never even look at because I get ideas every day, but they're there if I need them. So real life, man. I mean, any, every time you read an article, every time you see a TV show, every time you hear a news story, every time you talk to somebody and something is said that you're like, huh, that's kind of an analogy to what I'm talking about in this other thing. They can be completely unrelated. I told that Kevin Trudeau story. That was an email. I've written that as an email, by the way. And it's just like real life. Don't worry about getting creative. Just create. And I'll tell you what, creating is, is not mystical. You're just, you're taking ideas that never existed before and joining them together. That was the, the secret of Gene Schwartz, who I mentioned earlier with his, with his sales letters. He's like, yeah, you don't have to be creative. It's not creativity, it's connectivity. Just look at real life, connect them to what you sell and the topic and all that. And you'll find that this is not as hard as you think. This is really interesting because I like I have a bullet right now in front of me because I heard you in an interview talking about it's not creativity, it's connectivity. So I just wanted to like 
introduce like this question, but you answered it. So that, that's a the, 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 that's a good point. So great, great. So um, is there anything that um, actually helps you in your in your ideation process? I, I think, like to be honest, like um, one of the the eighty twenty of it is actually like just as you told, like you pull out your antenna and you just start looking for things, right? Because you know a lot of people when it comes to self-development talking about, you know, the law of attraction, all this kind of stuff. But truth is, if you start focusing on something, then you're going to find um, solutions to it, right? And the fact that you start focusing on, well, I have to get out the daily email, um, you just start seeing ideas everywhere, right? This is what, what you're telling, basically. Well, your brain is a very interesting instrument. If you ask it questions, it'll give you answers. <laughs> It's funny how that works. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. And this is something anybody could do just for fun, just to prove to themselves they can do this. So several years ago, I was dating this chick and she was trying to, you know, kind of as a joke, but also I think she was, you know, pulling some crap. <laughs> She's like, oh, you're supposed to be so good at email. And we were at a, in an airport by, in a McDonald's. She goes, well, you know, she was writing a bunch of emails for some, uh, some uh, salon mall, right? Where all these salon stylists all in one, you know, they all get a chair that they rent every month and all that. And she goes, well, how would you turn like that garbage can in the corner McDonald's that in this restaurant? I said, well, I don't know. I was write an email about how I was on a freaking airport and I saw some garbage in the corner and I thought, you know, that's unacceptable in a great, you know, in a in place that should be clean. Now, I can tell you right now, my salon mall does not have garbage in the corner, blah, blah, blah. And here's how we keep it clean, blah, 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 blah. And here's why it's important to keep it clean. And, you know, here's the kind of nasty stuff that's in a lot of other salons right now. You don't even know about blah, blah, blah. And that like that just challenge, just look at an object. Okay. Any object in the room you're sitting in and say how, and just ask, how could I turn this into an email for X, Y, Z, whatever you're selling. And just let your brain go. Don't you don't have to don't get bunched up. Don't even have anything to write without. Just think about it. And you may just be surprised how uh, how many ideas you get. And once it starts happening, it's like a switch. Once you turn that switch, I'm telling you, it's hard to switch it off. And that's good. True. And just by listening to that, I just came up with a bullet for this episode: how to turn gar garbage into an email. Yeah. Absolutely. Garbage in, money out. <laughs> <laughs> That's, great. That's great. So uh, another question that I that I have is like, um, right now, like in the, the past year, you have been making a little bit of a of a switch when it comes to your daily email. So um, you're actually promoting um, your email players new, new, newsletter, and like in the past, you have been like pitching different um, diff different offers. So um, I just want to know or pick your brain and get your thoughts about how do you see actually product blindness? If you are, let's say, um, mailing every day and let's say for three months straight or six months straight or even one year straight, you're just promoting uh, the same offer. Don't you think that people start to get blinded or like, what are your thoughts on, on that? No, not really, because they're on my list for that purpose. And if they don't, if they don't, they'll get, they'll opt out eventually. If that's the case, I don't buy, I've, I've heard that question before people oh, this ad blindness. This is, we're not talking about banner ads and billboards here. This is a daily email. It's different. They don't even see the link until the end, the way I do it. So even if they know it's coming, I'm, I'll get them in somewhere. I've had people send me screenshots of their Gmail 
saying, Ben, you got me after 2,400 emails. Look, and I'm not even <laughs> exaggerating, right? I mean, I, people buy when they're ready. They don't buy because we, you know, trick them into it. You know, I, I mentioned Gene, uh, Jim Camp earlier. He had a very good take on this in negotiation, that tactics. He was very much a principles versus tactics guy. He taught tactics, but they had to be done within a proven system and using very, very good, pr- solid principles based on human psychology and, and, and thought and all that. And he was he was talking about how tactics, tricks, right? Like you're tricking someone to do something, to pay attention or something. They may get you in the meeting, but they're not going to get you ever. You'll never get invited back after that, right? That's like a one-time thing. The reality is this. You know, if you if you're using a solid fundamental methodology for doing email, you're it's a long game. It's everybody's going to get in when they're ready to buy what I have to sell, and what I have to sell is not a it's not an impulse buy. I don't want it to be an impulse buy, and so to me, it's irrele- irrelevant how long it takes. It's like there was this uh this really good Ultimate Fighter guy, um, cage match guy, Rickson Gracie, right? I'm, I think I'm sure he's long retired, but I remember in 1995, he was at some tournament. There was a documentary about it. And he was big into Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like his whole family is. And he would talk about, they were asking him, like, well, how long is this going to take? You know, do you think this is going to beat this guy? He goes, I don't know. He goes, I, I don't know how long it's going to take. I just keep doing what I know to do until I, until I they tap out. If that's going to take, you know, 10 minutes, it takes 10 minutes. If it's going to take 10 seconds, it takes 10 seconds. He was more into following his methodology. Um, you know, and doing whatever he does, then worrying about how long it takes, or I need to do this in the first, you know, round or whatever, it's irrelevant. And with emails, the same way, like you're always, you're more likely going to get most of your sales in a sequence of say seven or 10 emails. You'll get most of your sales probably at the beginning and the very end. Right. But if you're doing them daily broadcasts, like I do, it's, it's just irrelevant. I don't care if it takes 5,000 emails or five emails or one email. When they're, I want them to buy when they're ready, and I will just keep being there every day. And you might be surprised how many people will be on your list who are watching you do this. And they're really not even that big a fan of yours necessarily. Maybe they like somebody else better. But may, a lot of these other people out there who aren't – well, I don't say other people. But in most niches, most people are not all that great. Okay, you talk about 80-20, right? Only 20 people are really good at what they do, right? And the other 80 are like, you know. <laughs> You know, they may have good tricks and tips and all that, but they're not really, they're not, they're getting buyers, but not customers. Sometimes it takes somebody buying five other people's stuff before they finally realize the wisdom of buying your stuff. Well, if you, if you're taking the long game, like I am, right, I've been mailing my list daily since at least late 2008. Before then I was just kind of doing it periodically and all that, but we're talking what, 14, whatever that is, 14 years now. I, I don't care like how long it takes. I plan to still be doing this 14 years from now. So as long as they're still on my list and they're interested, maybe they won't buy email players. Maybe they'll buy something I'm selling as an affiliate. Maybe they won't buy anything, but they'll refer somebody to me um, that, you know, and that person will buy. Or maybe they'll refer someone to me who refers someone to me who doesn't buy, who tries to troll me. And then I take that troll email and turn it into a sales pitch that sells somebody else. I don't know. I can't predict any of this stuff. I just know that if I do the right things long enough, consistently, things are going to happen. I don't know whoever coined that phrase, by the way. That's I didn't make that up. Do the right things long enough consistently. But it, it's true. You just 
focus on the the focus on the task and not the outcome. Like that's my way of looking at it. And I, I can't imagine you know, somebody's blind to my offer. I don't know why they're on my list. You know, they they do they just like being sold every day? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's fine. Again, maybe that person, that do nothing person, will lead to someone who does buy. And so I just focus on that. That's why I don't sit there and like. I don't sit there and say, well, after if they haven't opened in 90 days, I get rid of them. That's a very, very popular thing for a very, I would say popular. It's a very uh, conventional thing for email marketers to do. And I'm not even saying it's a bad idea in some cases. But as someone who owns an email platform, and I knew this even 10 years ago, it's not even like I needed a platform to know this. A lot of emails are not being tracked properly. There were people opening your emails that... You don't even know it. They're not showing. In fact, just yesterday, Matt, just yesterday, this happened. There's this company I buy from, uh, a lot of health, like fitness supplements from and all that. Great company. I, I, nothing bad to say about these people at all. They're, they're pro I probably spent $2,000 with them in the last 12 months, give or take. I mean, I don't know if that's the exact amount. May even be more than that. I don't know, but I buy everything. I'm a great buyer. Trust me, I'm a great customer. I'm a very engaged customer. But I get this email from them yesterday saying, well, since you clearly uh, aren't, you know, they're trying to track the open here. And I have images turned off, <laughs> like a lot of people do in, in my email reader. I'm not, as far as they know, I'm just a dormant person just sitting on their list who's not engaging. And they actually sent me an email saying I should probably unsubscribe, you know, and it's okay if you unsubscribe. And they haven't given me an unsubscribe link. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, I'm like, I just bought like $2,000. I'm, I'm engaged. I'm just don't turn images on in my email reader. And a lot of devices have them turned off by default, like Android phones. And I remember thinking, I wonder how many people got that email, which is basically daring them to leave for being inactive. Um, and I'm talking about people who buy as much or more than me who said, wow, I guess they don't want me on their list and then left. <laughs> you know, it's like, th this is, that's the kind, that's where trying to be too, outsmart your market and outsmart your list can bite you in the ass because you don't know. And am I saying to never, you know, take that, use that, um, you know, just delete all the non-opens. I'm not saying to never do it because there are companies, like I say, with 2 million people on their list and maybe they should be doing that. You know, it's expensive having that many leads. I don't, I wouldn't blame anybody, but at the same time, uh, most of us don't have giant lists like that. And I just personally, I know people will argue with me on this. They'll mock me for it. It's fine. You know, it's good. It's how I know I'm doing something right. Um, they'll get mad at me. There are some email people out there, Matt, who legitimately just hate me. And I'm not saying like in a <laughs> funny way, but like, like I'm living in some tiny houses rent free in some people's heads. Let's put it that way. And they get so angry when I talk about this. It's like, it's like they take it personally. I'm just saying, I'm not going to just delete people because they haven't registered as an open, right? It, to me, it's just a very, very not very smart way of going about it, generally speaking. So anyway, all this is to say, ad blindness, all that, that's making an assumption I'm not going to make. You know, back to Jim Camp, he warns people in negotiations about what's called theory of mind, which is you assume you know what the other person is thinking or going to do. And usually it's a very insidious disease that people in sales get who are successful because they've had so many successes. They just assume certain prospects are going to think and behave a certain way. That's not really true. That can get you killed out there in, in the, in the world of influence and persuasion. I'm not going to make that mistake. 
I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. As long as I see sales trending the right way over time, and some months are better than others, some weeks are better than others, some days are better than others, I'm looking at this over time. I'm good, right? Now, if you have a kind of business where you are generating cold traffic and you're paying for leads and every lead counts and you have mouths to feed and employees and all that, maybe you have to take a different perspective on that. And I'm, I, I totally get that. But most of us don't. Most of us solo types out there just don't have to worry about that to that degree. So I don't know if that answers all your question there, Matt, but that, that's what I got. Yeah, that's that, that's pretty interesting. And um, like uh, you just went down uh, another rabbit hole. But the thing that I wanted to mention is that as an example for like for myself, I'm selling a note taking course, right? So I help people to to take notes. And there was like this interesting fact that um, let's say like I was like um, uh, doing the things your way, just, uh, you know, having an interesting story pulling a, a a link at the end of, of of each email and sometimes i just see like the people uh, people like didn't buy and then let's say i came up with another offer uh, which was related to actually note taking which was like a course about information overload how to manage information overload and then um like the one click upsell was about like buying the course that they, they, they didn't buy on on uh, on the emails right so, so the same course just, just an upsell and then most of the people are actually also taking this course so i think that the approach that you mentioned that um you can track everything and then you just have to do your work it's just it just makes a lot of sense and it takes so much pressure out of the game so Yeah, I can't control if someone's going to open, click, or buy something. But what I can do, I can control emailing them regularly. I can control getting better at email. I can control curating my list better and attracting better leads and all that and going out there and doing more podcasts like this to get more. You know what I mean? I can control that. I cannot yeah. control if someone opens anything. So I'm not going to sit there and spend two hours on a subject line. Like, I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I just, I don't see it. Like, I don't have the scarcity type of thought that a lot of uh, internet people tend to have when whatever market you're in, even something that sounds kind of small, like note-taking, which I'm guessing is a decent market. Um, there's oh, millions of people out there, right? Like, it, you're not going to run out of people to sell to. So just focus on the method, focus on the work, focus on the doing, focus on getting better. You know, this guy, Gary Bensavenga, greatest sales copywriter ever living today, greatest living copywriter for sure. Like he talks about his one, his, his, his whole try to make yourself 1% better today than you were yesterday at what you're yeah. doing. That's easy to do. At the end of the year, you're over 300% better than you were, you know, the year before. Focus. And that doesn't mean don't, I'm not saying don't test if you want to test things. No, that's fine. You know, if you, if you have the, the logistics down and you have a list size and all that and you want to start test, that's fine. But I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying don't get freaked out because one email didn't do well. I've had emails that didn't do jack shit, man, the first time. I'll reuse it a year later and it'll clean up. Like you just never know. Yeah, makes uh, makes so much, so, so much sense. Thank you very much, Ben, for sharing this. So... Another big topic when it comes to actually being able to send daily emails is actually all the the friction involved with uh, with uh, with actually creating emails. So let me just give you a quick backstory. So I remember like it was like years ago I was doing these big product launches with you know with the Facebook lives, with the YouTube lives, with the webinars, with all the bells and all the whistles, 
And like, I was just writing my emails in a Google Doc. Maybe the writing took me, you know, 20, 30 minutes. And then uh, like uh, scheduling the emails, like I was just copying, pasting my Google Doc into the editor of my autoresponder. And then I just saw that everything has been messed up with the line breaks, with the bold, with everything. And then I have just to go format my email again for another 30 minutes. And the thing is that I started like, you can do this like over a period of two or three weeks when you're doing a big launch. But if you really want to do this 365 days a year, you certainly need like a, a process or something that makes the thing frictionless because um, like your willpower will not last that long, right? So um, this is uh, pretty interesting because uh, you just launched uh, by the time of this recording um, a new email platform, which makes actually the the process of sending emails, quote-unquote, frictionless. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, it, it, well, as frictionless as we can get it, and we're always thinking of new ways to do it. But So it's something that uh, I co-founded with Troy Broussard. Now, Troy, okay, so I've been doing this for like, you know, 20 years or whatever. I've been doing email heavily for, I don't know how long, you know, since 2000, late 2008, whatever that comes out to. Um, but Troy is a software developer. He's an ex-Navy nuclear engineer, right? So he actually uses a science. If he didn't know how to use a scientific method, something could blow up three miles under the ocean. Let's put it that way. Right? So, you know, he, he's a very methodical guy. He was also the uh, director of technology, I believe, director of technology at Encyclopedia Britannica, running like a $12 million department of programmers. He switched into the software world. Now he advises people on how to do software. He's built all kinds of his own software platforms. But at the end of the day, his main thing is email automation. Like he's the guy you call if you want to automate all your emails and create a system for that. And he's been, you know, he's the guy with that. Like he's the guy in the, in the industry for that. And we got together one day and we were just kind of saying, you know, what sucks about all these email platforms we use? Now, I use, there was a certain one I used for 17 years. I'm not going to say anything bad about them, but even they frustrate me. I, I, even the best and simplest of them are frustrating to use. It's 13, 15, 20 clicks, taking another box, right? All just to set up and load and then send an email or schedule it or broadcast. It's just a, it may not seem like a lot, but I can tell you it turns a lot of people off from wanting to mail daily when it's this big ordeal. I have this, I still use this other one right now currently because we're building our own shopping cart. So I use a, a, a certain cart platform. I won't say anything bad about them, but I'll say their email interface. It's like every time you got to type in your name, you got to type in the from email. You get this, and it's like four screens. And yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I counted twenty some clicks just to schedule and send an email. It's like it's like wow, and that's not even the worst of them, right? And the reason why this happens is because regardless of how these companies, the intentions were for when they were founded. And I'm not, I'm not going to say anything bad by any of these companies because they all have pros and cons, right? But one thing they all kind of share is they are run by and the decisions are made by and the features that are picked and developed are done by programmers and not people who are out there mailing every day like me and Troy. And we're like, it's so obvious, right? There, now, again, there are some that are more simple than others, but even they, if you look at the leadership of the company, they are run by programmers. The decisions are created by programmers. They are not created by people out there actually sending emails every day to survive. Like me and Troy, this is our bread and butter, right? We mail every day to our list. 
I actually mail a lot probably more aggressively than he does, quite frankly. And that's okay, but he still mails more than most people. And I can tell you right now, we were like, these things are just not made for us, for aggressive email marketers. And when I say aggressive, I'm not talking about spammers, actually. I'm talking about just people who use email. One email a day people is aggressive, quite frankly. Okay. They're, they're, they sit there and they, they build these platforms around mommy bloggers and around people who have these really complex <laughs> needs and everything that don't, that average person does not even come close to using them all. Um, I've heard the term called, some people call it feature bloat. Uh, the best, I, I kind of call it feature creep. Some people call it featureitis, right? Um, I've even personified it in the form of a monster, actually, the feature creep. And it's very insidious. And they just pile on more and more features because they want it to look cool and they want it to be cool. And that's fine. I get that. But the problem is when it starts making it more complex, more time-consuming just to send an email, the purpose of an email platform, call me crazy, Matt, maybe I'm crazy, is to send emails. Right. So like it should be the one thing that it does better than anything else. Not oh, so you can insert your freaking Spotify list in there, which one company is like touting how you can put your Spotify, you can share it with your list. Who gives a shit? Nobody does. I mean, maybe some mommy blogger, I don't know. Right. And so we built it around what we know as people who mail daily every day to survive. This is how we run our businesses. We built it around that and around our best customers and people we know, people we have, friends of ours in the industry who also do that. And we, we looked at everyone, like, what is it that is going to make it so the one function that it can do, it does better than all the other ones. So that to the point, Matt, I, we've been using Berserker Mail since last, I think, I don't know, almost a year now. Yeah, it's, we're about 10 months in. And I can tell you to this day. I still, before I send an email or schedule an email, I pause for a second thinking there must be, it can't be this simple. <laughs> there must be a box or I need another screen and have something is, no, we actually built it so that it's so freaking easy. You can get it down to as little as, you know, two clicks. I'm not even exaggerating to, to load and send an email if you really wanted to, two or three clicks. That may not seem like a big deal to someone who doesn't mail a lot. Right. They don't really. And it may. And it really isn't to someone who mails once a week or whatever. It doesn't matter to them. But when I'm loading up 15 email campaigns, I don't want to jerk around with all these forms and these fields and this and that, making sure I set that. And they don't even have defaults set up right and all this. And this has to do that. And it's, it's, it's like, no, like that frustrate. I'm telling you right now, the reason I don't mail my buyers list very much is because of this. That's why I'm, I'm looking forward to us getting our card up, actually. And I'll be able to, I'll be saying, I'll be making way more sales just because I'm more eagerly mailing to my best list, my buyers, right? And I'm just, this is the main thing. Now, that's not the only thing. We also, as, as someone who, people who mail daily ourselves, and for Troy, especially as an automation guy and all that, who's had to really understand the mechanics and logistics of what gets an email delivered. Not what these people who do hang around and talk to the so-called postmasters at Hotmail. And not, it, it's, it, none of that matters. That's like going down to your post office and asking the postmaster, how do I get my junk mail delivered? Like, they, like, they don't care. They don't even know. Not, they don't know. You, don't, you don't, ask the, don't ask the deer how to hunt it. Ask the hunter. Okay, that's a, <laughs> that's a uh, 
a, a saying that this guy Dante Nero does. So he's talking about picking up chicks, but he's like you don't ask girls how to pick up girls. Ask guys who actually are successful at picking up girls, right? And that's what I'm, we're talking about here. And so, okay, how do we get things delivered? And we came up. We have a at least fifty, if not, I don't know, maybe way more than that. Now we lost track. Where we have some of those brilliant engineers um, that we've hired and email specialists, including someone who's one of the top probably three or four specialists at delivery, maybe even better than that. I don't really know how you even rank it at a certain point that we meet with weekly, right? And just keeping us on track with delivery and what's Google up to and what's Yahoo up to and what's AOL up to for the few people, the boomers who use AOL and all that. And, you know, Hotmail and all that, right? And and we're, we're, we want to make sure that we have the best delivery rate we can get. Now, the reality is we can only control about 30% of if someone gets their email delivered. Most of it is the end user, actually. You know, their domain ranking and, you know, the trustworthiness and all this, you know, their email practices. I mean, that, that has way more to do with it. But we do everything we can technologically to help put the odds in there, to give them house odds with delivery, right? There are no other platforms out there doing this to our knowledge. Not the way we do it. Uh, I'm telling you, we have this very, very proprietary way of going about it. And this is why we're, we're actually kind of cryptic about it when we talk about it, because we don't want people stealing our thunder for one thing. And we don't want people who have, uh, who want to sabotage us to try to screw with us. Okay? But we put things in place to protect us from the user base. If we have things in place to protect the user base from us. What if Troy and I did something stupid, right? So we put things in place that prevent anybody from doing a lot of dumb things that they're likely to do. Like, for example, fill their email with, you know, I don't know, a megabyte worth of images, <laughs> stuff like that, which is just guaranteed to get it, not necessarily shunted to, to spam, but it's going to get looked at. Uh, it's going to get stopped. It's going to be considered for spam because it might be porn or something. You know, these, these Gmail and all that, they have a vested interest in not allowing nonsense in their users' inboxes, right? And we know that. So we built it around that. Like, what can we do to get the best world-class delivery for our users that we can help them get? Now, again, a lot of the, most 70% of it is on the user, but we do the 30 to 40% we can handle. And that's the way we've, we've, you know, we were looking at like that. As email people, we want it delivered. We want it easy and simple to send things out, but we also made it robust enough and it only gets better and better as we build this thing out where people who do do hardcore automation like Troy and hardcore testing and tracking and all that, it's robust enough for them to be able to do that kind of stuff if they want, right? And so we combine these three things into one platform by email marketers for email marketers and not by programmers for what programmers think an email marketer wants. And that's how we came up with Berserker Mail. And so... You know, that's our, that's our thing like that. That's, and, and we're, we're loving using, we use it ourselves, right? How many people, how many CEOs of the other platforms out there are using their own platform to send emails on a daily basis to sell products and services to keep their business going? You know, most of these come, I tell you what, man, I, I'm on some of these lists and it's funny how many of these platforms, how many of their emails from their companies going to spam. I think that's very interesting. But, um, <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> so anyway, I, I could go on and on, but that, that's what Berserker Mail is about. It's for Berserkers, right? You want to go Berserk with email? This is what it's for. If you're just someone who mails once a week or once a month or you're a mommy blogger who just wants to put 20 links to 20 different pretty images, we're not – there are other places. There are people who rely apparently on sending images. Like we don't allow images on our platform. 
There are people who absolutely swear by images and they will get very grumpy if you suggest you don't need images. Like if you just learn how to write and have a personality, you know, communicate, they'll get very angry, right? We're not for them. They need to go, they can go diddle around with active campaign or whatever they use. That's fine. We are for our kind of people. Me and Troy built it for us and our kind of people, aggressive email marketers who mail every day, who need, like, this is our bread and butter. We make money or live or die with email, the delivery, the ability to track and test things on a level that's very robust if that's what someone wants or to automate things or any of that and to make sure it's delivered to the best ability that we can. So that's, there's my spiel for yeah, uh, that, that That makes a lot of sense. And like, I was just listening to your, uh, one of your, um, Swiper scopes when you were talking about uh, Gary Halbert sales letter about uh, the the stock market, uh, you know the stock market sales letter, and oh, yeah. you know you were just analyzing it, and you know there was like this part of the sales letter where uh, Gary's just saying, um, well, why didn't I I uh, mail to you or why didn't I talk about stocks previously? Was it because I was not uh, too busy uh, trading? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I have been like doing this stuff right so don't trust anybody like talking about his stuff and he's not even practicing or using it right yeah bro most brokers are broke right so why you know (laughs) i'm not yeah i'm not i don't know much about that whole world but i understood what he was saying that i think it's true yeah makes a lot of sense so if people want to know more about you ben and berserker where should they go well i would say just you know since we talked about berserker just go to berserkermail.com you can get a free test drive of berserker mail um and you can Use it, play with it. No credit card is needed. You know, go in there and load up an email. Just see how frictionless it is. Just play with it a little bit and see if it's for you. And if it is, we'll help migrate you over and take care of you. And just, you know, you can read the page. We talk about all the stuff we do. And that's at berserkermail.com. Perfect. Thank you very much, Ben. And obviously, if people want to read your daily emails, bensaddle.com. Yeah, they go to bensaddle.com for that. Perfect. Thank you very much, Ben. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, yeah, wishing you all the best. All right. Thanks, Matt. All right. So I hope that you've enjoyed this episode with Ben Settle. It has been one of the best episodes so far on the podcast. And I hope that you've actually took the time to take some notes because Ben dropped a lot of nuggets here. And if you're listening to this, you're probably a content creator. And if you want to level up your game, what I would encourage you to do right now is simply head over to your favorite podcast platform, search for Build Your Thing, and subscribe there. So every week I'm going to release a new episode. And if you want to get my insights, head over to madgiaro.com. So that's M-A-T-T-G-I-A-R-O.com. And you're going to see a way to opt in to my email list. So thank you very much for tuning in. And with that being said, I see you guys in the next one.